0: Will Carmelo
1: fit with the Thunder? How will Russ change his role to fit his new teammates? Can Billy Donovan solve the riddle and make this team a contender? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the p Breakdown Podcast. In fact, it's an emergency podcast as news broke last night that Carmelo Anthony was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I thought I'd bring on the Thunder beat writer for the Oklahoman and NewsOK.com, Eric Horn. So Eric, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, first of all, how much of a shock was this to you in the middle of a Saturday evening?
0: well typically well first of all thanks for having me on uh, I appreciate it I love the, you guys work and, and I appreciate everything you do for educating people about basketball um, and thanks. yeah it, it was it, it was it's always a surprise when Sam Presti makes a move um, you know there have been rumblings of some interest in Carmelo Anthony uh, I'd had an idea. Not that so much that they were going to go get him specifically, but that they weren't finished making moves. I think that that's always been Sam Presti's uh, mentality when it comes to improving his team around Russell Westbrook. He wasn't just going to rest on Paul George. He was going to continue to try and strengthen his team through the season. So was it surprising that it happened? Yeah, I think it was definitely surprising, but I'm not surprised that he went and made an attempt at getting another star. It just materialized really quickly. And when the Thunder typically makes a move, it happens very quickly, and it doesn't really drag on over a period of time. So, yeah, I, I was pretty surprised.
1: So, do, does this feel like uh, Presty is all in on trying to keep Russ and even maybe Paul George after this year?
0: Yeah, it seems like that. It, it seems like Presti is, is doing the best he can to continue to ensure not just Russell Westbrook, but... The, the, the city of Oklahoma city and, and the fan base that he's going to do everything he can to try and improve his team. I mean, in the past year, since Kevin Durant left in free agency, I think that, I think that Presty's done a magnificent job of, you know, not, you know, not mortgaging the entire franchise in order to get players in last year, but kind of, you know, waiting to see what the team looked like with Westbrook, um, Building a successful season around Westbrook last year, but also taking a step back at the end of the season and and clearly saying, like, okay, while this was a successful season for the team, there's some strides we need to make in terms of getting some help around Russell. And I think that it was smart of him to wait out and see what would happen this offseason as opposed to going into panic mode and trying to build it all back in one fell swoop. So I do think it's a concerted effort to keep Russell, but I think it's also a concerted effort to continue to get stars in here when you otherwise wouldn't be able to through free agency.
1: Okay, but great point.
0: And so I guess my question
1: now is, is like, what's the word and the reaction in the locker room? Has have any of the players or the anybody else in the front office been been speaking up about this?
0: Well, you know, I mean, Paul George has been a guy that's been online. Uh, he's been pretty. I wouldn't say fairly vocal, but he's been vocal about his his pleasure about bringing in Carmelo. You know, there was that Adrian Wojnarowski report that said that Westbrook and uh, Paul George, you know, collaborated in bringing in Carmelo Anthony. So it's clearly a move that these guys wanted to happen and that, and that they were in favor of. Um, it, it's got to be something that's got to be exciting for the guys in that locker room just to be able to add – a guy with the respect level and the talent level that Carmelo Anthony brings to a franchise, uh, you know, and I think that Sam Presti's happy about it. Uh, I talked to him a little bit yesterday, and you know, this is a guy who, who frankly, is is tired. He's working his he's working his butt off this off season, man. <laughs> um, and he 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 was he was not he was not shy in saying like, you know what, I'm tired, but. Um, He's a guy that is going to continue to work and and he's a guy that doesn't really take days off. And I think that uh, it shows in the product that he's put out since he's been in Oklahoma City.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And if you look at the way he's turned certain assets into, you know, Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, it's pretty good. I mean, I think that's a pretty good record for for what he's done compared to a lot of other teams in small markets that just simply can't can't pull the trigger. Uh, Have you heard from Donovan? Has Coach Donovan said anything about how this will work?
0: No, uh, we're going to get a chance to talk to Billy tomorrow. And it's going to be really fascinating, I think, to see how he experiments with this uh, with this roster. You know, when Billy first got to Oklahoma City, as you know, Nick, um, he kind of had that period of time where he was experimenting with um, with the with taking Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook off the court at the same time. And the offense would kind of just fall off of a cliff because you didn't really have creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. You had to rely on one of those guys to be able to create offense for, for you know, spot-up guys like Serge Ibaka or cutters like Andre Robertson or guys who operate out of pick-and-roll like Steven Adams. So I'm not saying that the Thunder's offense is better now, but it's I would say it's better equipped to have a situation where you maybe remove Westbrook and – Carmelo Anthony at the same time at the end of the first quarter or you remove Westbrook and Paul George at the same time at the end of the first quarter Because you still have a guy who can create his own shot and as good as Kevin Durant was It took some time for Billy Donovan I think to understand that he had to have one of those guys on the floor Westbrook or Durant at all times because nobody else could create a shot He actually has three legitimate individual shot creators now and that's something he didn't have with with his uh, his first season in Oklahoma City. So I'm I'm really fascinated to see how Billy Donovan makes these um makes the offensive adjustments and and how he decides to attack some of these high level teams like Golden State and, and Houston.
1: Yeah, you and me both. I mean, I just spent the last uh, twelve hours going through all the footage to create a video on it. We're going to release in a few minutes, and um it was it's interesting because there definitely is a bit of redundancy with. Uh, Paul George and Carmelo Anthony is the way way they like to attack. So I I think that, yeah, Donovan's going to have his hands full uh, with with trying to figure out how to create an offense, which is probably going to have to be like a new offense he hasn't run before, I imagine. Um, And and to see, now, do we feel like, is Russ going to welcome this to the point where he will give up um, a significant amount of control over the offense to allow these guys to be who they are?
0: Yeah, I feel like, it would be a situation where, you know, Russell's coming off of this year where he was, he'll never admit it, but he it was a, it was a strain on him. It was taxing. You could see it during the games. He had to hit the shoulder so much. The offense, his usage rate was so high. His shot attempts were so high that I, I think he'll welcome this. I think he'll be fresher at the end of games. I think in in the first round series against Houston, he, he looked gassed. He didn't have that ability to to close games like he did. Uh, so well uh, for the Thunder in the regular season. So I think it'll allow him to be fresher at the end of games. It'll revert a little bit more back to the traditional uh, ebb and flow he had with, with Kevin, uh, where you know Russell would be dominant through maybe the second or third quarter, and then Kevin would take over later in the games. Russell might be that guy because he's grown into that role now, and he got used to it last year. I think it remains to be seen what he'll do, but he's going to be the one probably in charge of that. I think he's going to have to dictate, you know, whether he takes the last shot or, you know, whether within the flow of the offense he finds open shooters like Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, because somebody's going to be open, and it's going to be up to Russell Westbrook to find those guys or, or kind of take the shot himself like he did last year.
1: You're around a lot of these players in the locker rooms and get a real good sense of the pulse of how they react and how they feel. You know what you just you you just described uh, Russell Westbrook. You know embracing that role as a closer. Well, guess what? Both of these other guys have had that same exact role for their teams for for several years now. So how do you think that's going to end up working? Is some, someone's going to have to, uh, you know, defer. Um, I guess Russ is already there and it is, quote-unquote, his team. So does that just sort of mean by default Melo and George are going to have to sort of spot up and, and be the, the complementary players?
0: Yeah, it's Russell's team. And I don't think there's any question about that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, what that finals, I don't know what that final stage in the, in the games is going to look like. And I think that's going to be largely on Russell Westbrook's uh, shoulders to dictate that. I don't think he's a selfish player. I think that last year he took an opportunity that he had to, to showcase that he could do this. And he was the best guy for the job in those situations. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that it would be to his advantage and the Thunder's advantage for him to spread the ball around as much as possible. Um, If a guy is open, he's got two plenty capable guys willing to do it now I thought it was interesting in watching Russell Westbrook last year and going back and doing the research of his previous opportunities to to you know close games and late game situations in terms of shots. Before last year Russell Westbrook wasn't very good at taking those those last those shots in the last 2 minutes of games. He had a pretty poor percentage and that was a time that was primarily reserved for Kevin Durant, but Russell just got on this incredible streak of just clutch shot making last year at the end of games that I wonder if he's going to be willing to defer that now, now that he's had such success in that role. So that's something that I don't have an answer to in terms of, you know, how that's going to play out at the end of games and in crunch time situations. But I'm excited to see it.
1: You know what else I'm excited to see? I mean, really excited? More and more people getting into me undies. Because comfort and style are equally important, you've got to try the most comfortable brand of underwear I've ever worn. The copy says they're three times softer than cotton, and I think they're lying. It's easily four and a half times softer. The diamond-seamed pouch cradles my jewels in a way that I've never felt before. It's kind of like being naked, well, without being naked, yet have an invisible hand supporting you every step of the way. Plus, they come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. So what are you waiting for? Right now, I've got an exclusive offer for all of you sport fans, 20% off your first pair of me undies. So head over to meundies.com/coach Nick and start wearing the best underwear of your life. I mean, I would hope that in certain games, based on how they're playing, you know, if Russ is 10 for 29, he might say, all right, Melo, you can do this one, (laughs) or something like that. Uh, And vice versa, for all those guys, it seems like that would be a great way to do it. And what also I found interesting is that you've you've had two players have uh, two of the all-time greatest offensive seasons that, that anyone's ever seen in the NBA in Russell Westbrook and then James Harden. And both of them have basically welcomed or needed or wanted Help, because they felt like they probably couldn't do that again. Like it was was too much work, and we saw them both falter in the playoffs. I think directly because of that, as you said as well. So, isn't that interesting to you that that's sort of how we are, where they they you get to that pinnacle of the most amazing individual season you can have, and yet you realize, "Eh, I don't know if I can handle that much work all the time.
0: No, absolutely, and and look, I think in part you can look back to Kevin Durant's MVP season and even say. You know, what was the residual of that? The next season after Kevin Durant's MVP season, uh, he, he experienced his foot issues. Mm-hmm. So he had to carry a heavy load with Russell Westbrook out. And that was a season where he was closing games incredibly. And he was just carrying the thunder on his back night after night. And I think it does take a physical and mental toll on these guys. and And not just on the court, but... You know the media attention that comes around it too. Uh, everybody's watching your every move. You know, with all these triple doubles and going after the records, I feel like that was probably a tiring process for Russell Westbrook. Not to mention his wife was pregnant all of oh, last season too. Wow! So the guy had a lot on his plate, and I think that any any smart player, you know, that's in the midst of their prime or, or going to be coming out of their prime, as Russell Westbrook is going to be probably in the next you know couple of years. It would be wise of them to surround themselves with as many good players as possible. And I think that that says a lot about Russell Westbrook's humility for him to be able to get together with Paul George and say, look, let's go get another guy. Let's go. Let's go try and do this together. Um, I, I think that was bigger. Russell Westbrook. All right.
1: Well, you know, and this is his chance. This is his chance to get me to really like his game this year. I'm really I'm excited about the prospects uh that's something that's been frustrating for me for a few years. But this is definitely a chance to see how they're going to make it work. I think it's probably as much on Donovan as it is on Russ to get them to play, uh, you know, and, and, and get them to be at their optimal selves. And i, th- I was kind of curious your take on this because I feel like the, the, the reaction to Kevin Durant leaving to go to Golden State, uh, especially in your neck of the woods, has been so obviously negative. They call him a snake or they call him whatever they want. And I think the other point that people don't like about it was that it tilted the uh, power of the NBA so in favor of the Warriors, it's almost like, why are we playing these games? But my reaction was, well, isn't it on the other teams to get better themselves, you know why do you don't just give up? You 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 should do what like Presti is trying
0: to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I don't think anybody. Well, I can't say anybody. I <laughs> I don't think that the issue so much with Kevin Durant anymore is that he went somewhere else in free agency to fans. I, I think that in particular, it's the particular team he went to because of the scenario. Of them being up 3 mm-hmm. 1 and having Golden State in a position that we haven't seen Golden State in in this incredible three year run they've had with Steve Kerr and Steph Curry and Splash Brothers and Draymond Green. And also just some of the faulty logic that's kind of come with Kevin Durant's comments recently. For instance, Billy Donovan, you know, not liking playing for Billy Donovan when Billy Donovan has. You know, he essentially outcoached Steve Kerr in the first half of that series, in that Western Conference Final Series. I don't see why anybody would, wouldn't want to play for Billy Donovan in that scenario. Um, and then the, the notion that he couldn't win with those cats, quote-unquote, uh, you know, they looked pretty good in that series. Uh, mm-hmm. They had they had Golden State on the ropes, and uh, that was the most vulnerable I've seen a Steve Kerr team In games three and four of that series in Oklahoma City, and and they won the first game on the road, which was impressive. It was might have been more impressive than the the two blowout victories at home. So, to me, yes, Kevin Durant is perfectly within his rights to do what he did and 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 strengthen his team and and, and strengthen his brand and go forward. And I think you're right as well. You know, it's up to everybody else to get better. And I do applaud teams like Houston, Oklahoma City and Boston for for making the moves necessary to, you know, not just sit back and just assume that they're going to lose. You know, you got to try. You got to continue to show other people in the league that you're trying because you never know when a guy down the line is going to say, you know what, I want to come play for your team, like Carmelo Anthony did. I think that the Thunder showing that they're continuing to try to get better, I think that reflected on Carmelo Anthony. When is your your tell-all book
1: coming out, Eric?
0: Uh, I think I'm gonna wait uh, a solid a, a solid amount of time before the uh, the great the great thunder reveal comes. I don't I don't know how much I really have to. I, I feel like I feel like Woj could probably write a greater book than I could wow. about the Thunder uh, or any team in the league for that matter. But um,
1: somebody knows. Is,
0: somebody knows. Something somebody out there. knows. <laughs> this, this team is worth. Uh, Several 30-for-30s. We say it all the time, man. This is going to make a hell of a 30-for-30 30 30 when it's all done. Oh, yeah. I mean, all, all the way from the Harden trade to the Durant departure mm-hmm. uh, to, to the Westbrook-Durant back and forth. It's, it's been a fascinating ride for Oklahoma yes. City.
1: Yes, sprinkle some Reggie Jackson in there and some oh, yeah. Serge Ibaka. Yeah, you got some interesting stuff there. So, Well, let me ask you for two last uh, things before we go. Uh, two predictions. One, what the heck is the starting lineup going to be?
0: Oh man, uh, I don't know why I just said. Well, man, I mean, I feel like Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony's going to start. I feel like he'd be great off. Like he'd be really, really useful off the bench. I just don't see it happening. No, right. Um, you know, Stephen Adams, uh, Anthony at the four, uh, Paul George, Andre Robertson, and Russell Westbrook, and and really defensively, you could really slide. You could almost slide Andre Robertson to. He can be an interchangeable part, just a switchable body. He can play some four defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can guard the perimeter, and he and Paul George are just going to be ferocious out there. And if Westbrook decides to show up on any given night, he can be a terror defensively too. But we know he's he tends to not give full effort on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, offensively, they're, they're going to cause problems for people. Uh, is, Carmelo's going to be able to isolate. Uh, the the pick-and-roll combination's just going to be out the wazoo with Stephen Adams and Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George and and Carmelo Anthony. And, and Andre Robertson is going to have free reign to, to cut baseline because nobody's going to be paying any attention to him. He's going to catch a lot of lob dunks. Um, I feel like that's your starting five. And then you'll have Patrick Patterson uh, and Abrinas coming off the bench. And then you got a steady uh, backup point guard Raymond Felton.
1: Yeah, I, I'm in. I, I like what they have going there, uh, and they have some good things. I actually like uh, Jeremy Grant as well as, a, as an yes. aggressive guy off the bench.
0: Jeremy Grant is a guy that really is gotten kind of lost in the shuffle, but he's athletic as hell, and uh, he's a he's a good uh, weak side shot blocker, and uh, you know he can actually step out and hit a three. He was about thirty seven percent from three point range last year, which is probably his best career three point percentage. And uh, you you better believe he's probably going to get some pretty good looks this year (laughs) playing with uh, you know the guys he's going to have out there with him.
1: Absolutely. Well, the last thing I want to ask you is where do you think they're going to finish in the Western Conference?
0: man uh before the Carmelo Anthony trade I had them I had them as a I think a solid 4 mm-hmm. and I think that with, with the potential to get to 2 I think now on paper they're better than the Spurs but I just don't I just trust the Spurs so much to outplay their expectations that I feel like I still have the Spurs as the 2 seed so I think that there might be a game or two difference between Houston and Oklahoma city for the three. So I'd say I'd put Oklahoma city at three or four and I just go, I just go four based on the continuity of the rockets, uh, their, their Antoni system. And I think that the, I think that the Chris Paul addition will work just fine and, and their, their offense is just going to flow like water. So I'll go thunder four. And that's just a conservative. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that's me just being conservative and uh, pretty, pretty rational about my my predictions. But uh, okay. I, I think two. I think two is definitely achievable uh, if everything goes right and these guys click. They bring back similar defensive integrity that they had last year and um, no injuries. Right. That's huge,
1: too. I think Melo is the one key here because he's old and, uh, you know, uh, starting to break down. So I think that that's interesting and it certainly makes it just better. I'm ready for the season to start. Are you?
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch. You you mentioned Melo getting old and, and we mentioned injuries. But, you know, Russell Westbrook coming off of this high usage season, he's played back to back seasons with, you know, 80 regular season games or more. He's coming off of a, the, the, the biggest usage season in NBA history, and he just had a PRP injection in his left uh, patellar tendon. Oh. So this is a guy who's had three knee surgeries on his right knee or three knee procedures in, in one calendar year about three or four years ago. He hasn't had any problems since, but now he's starting to have tendonitis in his left knee. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle Russell Westbrook's workload. I think they've been really good about his minutes, in the past couple of years but it's what you're doing in those minutes that's more (laughs) important than the minute number itself and Russell Westbrook took it to the limit last year he sure did and uh, I I hope for his
1: sake like you described that he does tone it down a notch A for his body B just because it'll make his team better because he's got these guys on his team and uh, it'll make the West better so I cannot wait and uh, Eric thank you so much for joining us and coming on here and breaking this down in the emergency pod for uh, the Mellow Trade and uh, hope to see you out there on the road
0: Thanks, Nick, and I'm looking forward to to checking out your breakdown, man. It's always great stuff. Awesome. You got it.
1: And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, run a channel for a conversation. You in? Are you in, Eric? Absolutely.